Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Cover 3 Podcast. Falk, Junk, good to see you guys again. Uh, great week. A um, whole lot of things that were there is definitely to discuss. Uh, but we're just going to get straight into it. Junk, I want to start with you. Uh, Robert Kraft, he was doing some talking this past week. Uh, a whole lot about the draft and Belichick's performance and other things about how we're going to perform this year. So, um, interesting things he said. Um, I kind of want you to start it off and uh, kind of give us a play-by-play of what he kind of went over. Yeah, so I, I think overall, you can almost look at it as like a shot at Bill because he's ultimately a decision maker. And, I mean, if you look at it in that aspect – He's not wrong. I mean, the draft has been piss poor as of late. And, you know, you get a couple of names, maybe like Jake Bailey, who's your all-store, all uh, all pro punter, you know, who's probably top of the list. But other than that, mm-hmm. sick. Which, yeah, screams <laughs> just, you know, just scared emotions for me right now. Um, we drafted an all-star punter. Hey, you know what? He knows how to pick them. Love hey, it. He's yeah. all pro. He's all pro, though. Yeah, um, he's really good at giving the ball to the other team. I agree. So, you know, I think Robert Kraft touched on it. You can't build a winning and successful organization like this, especially when we've seen a successful over the last 20 years, uh, and then not be able to do well in the draft. And then this is the result. Last year we go seven and nine, no playoffs, and, you know, sitting with our thumbs off our you you know what. Um, So I'm just glad that he seemed to address something that I think we all are hoping for, uh, that – Potentially, there's things that are going to be done a little bit differently. Um, I think that just screams maybe we're going to get a QB in the first round, or maybe Bill's going to give a little bit of trust in his uh, draft mentors, or not mentors, but um, confide in his scouts a little bit more, which might change things around for us a little bit. Um, you know, in 2019, or a report uh, this past week came out about Bill's ignorance i guess you could say uh in 2019 he seemed to ignore scouts on debo samuel and some of the reports that they had on him and aj brown and bill went with the guy that he trusted because the guy played at a college that he knew a coach which was Nikhil harry and we could see how that turned out for us we could see how well aj brown and debo samuel have done well elsewhere um so I think just in whole, uh, I'm really glad that we're going to change up a little bit in the draft, um, really kind of look at it differently. And I hope that from now going forward, maybe he's going to confide in his scouts a little bit more than what's been working lately or what he's been doing lately because it's not working whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you, Junk. You think, uh, you think Bill is too stuck in his ways a little bit? You know, like I just feel like, Recently, he just hasn't been hitting. Obviously, we can all agree with that. Um, but you think he's just at a point of his age and football knowledge. He's like, you know what? I don't really care what these analysts and scouters and things like that. I'm just going to eyeball it with my, you know, because I have the experience all in the world. I've known this for so long. He's like, you know what? I already I already know who the guys I want. Um, he's just going to pick them. You think he's just getting a little old in his way, being a little maybe too naive? Uh I can definitely see it. Um, there's definitely some selfishness that he has with like the media and only answering what he wants to answer and just, you know, oh, it's on to the next one, kind of that situation. So I think there's like some 
selfishness that he kind of portrays in that and that he thinks he knows it all. But I think in Kraft addressing something like that, I hope that is what's being addressed because Bill has also taken, uh, you know, questions from the media that are directed towards that specific issue being the draft and how poor it's been. So I really think he was put on the spot last year and he wants to respond to it. You don't get, you don't become successful and you don't stay successful over 20 years being a head coach in this league without adapting. You have to adapt. It's ever changing. And, you know, I think for the best thing for us and the best thing for him, if he wants to continue to have this success, he's going to have to change. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a good point. I think I, – I don't – don't get me wrong. I think Bill Belichick has definitely adapted because, um, I mean, he's, he's won in two different decades. So he's definitely have done some changing in the way how he looks at the game, approaches players and things like that. Oh. Um, me personally, I just think – I don't know. I feel like he's at a certain point in his life at age. He's like, you know, I just don't want to really listen to all these mumbo jumbo yeah. numbers and all these guys. And like, I'm just going to pick with the guys. I, I the eyeball test, you know, like, yeah, I already know. I got a good rapport with the coach. Yeah. I'm picking you up because I trust this guy's word. And then it just doesn't end up uh, in our favor. And, you know, that's a good point that, you know, with those reports coming out that apparently to ignore Debo Samuel and AJ Brown, and now you look at them two years, two, three years later in the league, and those guys are kind of studs. They, they've solidified their spots and they're on their rosters, on their respectful teams, and they've done wonders for them. Uh, Debo Samuel, good player when he's healthy, and A.J. Brown, a solid receiver, man, solid number one over there for Tennessee. So I, I don't blame him. So, and, you know, we dealt with Nikhil Harry. Um, I, I think there's still hope for him, but um, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting darker. So, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous, uh, where Bill is trying to attack, um, or trying to attack this draft because uh, are we just going to have another draft where like, Oh, I, I guess we did okay. And then we just ended up with Dalton Keene and David Asiasi who just didn't do anything last year. So, um, Falk, any, anything you want to add to the Robert Kraft, uh, comments he made this past week? Uh, you know, for me personally, you know, I talked about it last week. I really want them to move up and do something sexy, um, which would kind of be out of the norm, which, you know, Bill for years, you know, <laughs> we sit there in like the mid-20s and are wanting them to do something. And how many times do we sit there and just watch them trade out and trade back into the second, trade back into the third for multiple picks? and Because he thinks he can – outsmart everybody else and that clearly just hasn't been working so it would be nice if he could go against the grain and if they're high on somebody like they're reportedly high on people go get them you know what what are you waiting for what are you worried about you don't have this draft pantry to lean on you need to build that so Mm -hmm. yeah um sorry um one of the main things it seems like he seems to follow so jimmy johnson he was a huge huge player in the wheeling and dealing of draft picks and like the more draft picks you have probably the better it is going to be so i feel like he follows that uh approach i guess as you will and that's just something that's been ingrained with him 
it it would shock me if he's going to either trade up or even stay at 15. That's what's killing me right now. Yeah, dude, I think you got to you got to make a move. I think you got to make the move for um you know, QB or just in general, just cuz cuz like a uh, folk was saying earlier, um we as us we love the Patriots, you know, every year when it comes to the draft, we're like, yo, I can't wait to see what he does. Here we go. And then as we get closer to our slot, it's Patriots just traded the 29th pick or to, to to another team and they go into a round and they draft like a guy like Lamar Jackson or somebody else. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then we get more picks and I don't know, it just hasn't been, it's been a while as a Patriots fan to feel excited that the guys that we're bringing in are definitely going to help us move into the right direction. Um, so hopefully he can get something going, you know, uh, junk. Can you read some of the comments, uh, craft made this week? Uh, yeah, just give me a second. I gotta look it up. Um, yeah, you're good. Yeah, he, he specifically puts Bill on the spot right here by saying, I don't feel like we've done the greatest job in the last few years, and I really hope and believe I've seen a different approach this year. In the end, it all comes down to what happens on the field and how people execute, and you really don't know how good a draft is for at least two years. Um, just basically touching on the fact that, like, you know, the Nikhil Harrys and – Hold on. I got like a nice draft list for us right all the way up top. Um, but basically all these draft picks that have come off, you know, you got Froholt, Jared Stidham, uh, Ken Webster, Christian Sam, Duke Dawson, um, Isaiah so Wynn, possibly. Yeah, uh, he's a seventh round pick last two years ago. Never Shit. heard of him. Me um, Braxton Berrios. 2017, we only had four picks. You know, we had Antonio Garcia, uh, Connor McDermott, Dietrich Wise, and Derek Rivers. You know, so we have Dietrich Wise for that draft. It's, it's, you know, good the fact that, you know, four picks, we got at least a a solid player out of it, but still nothing to run home about. Not run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not good to be in a draft with only four (laughs) picks in general. We're paying them like five mil, four million a year now to stay here for the next couple of years too. Uh, I have another one here. One second. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he just specifically says through the draft that's how you build a a winning team and a winning culture, and you just can't do it in free agency. You know, for us to do it this past free agency, it speaks to the volume that we're just not getting these players that, you know, you would want through the draft. And to spend like this, you know, people going into their fourth or fifth year and you dish out this kind of money instead of maybe getting the same similar talent when they're in their second year in the league and you're paying them on that rookie contract, that's how you open up the playbook to maybe get a $25, $30 million QB, even though we probably never will do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then ultimately he feels uh, – I don't feel we've done the greatest job over the last few years. Uh, uh, especially now in an environment where the offseason training and learning abilities uh, aren't where they used to be. Uh, it's something very hard to do as a young player, um, being really at a disadvantage, not being able to get on the field. I'm paraphrasing at the end there. Um 
and hopefully it just turns into a we want to win uh and when we don't we're not happy you know they they acknowledge it basically but you know I really, I, it, I think it puts Bill on the spot. It kind of ties along the line of like, Bill, this is the draft. You really have to hit on some of these guys or else you're on the hot seat maybe after this season. And I know Josh and I, we talked about this early on, you know, maybe our first or second episode saying that he's probably on the hot seat now for the draft. And if this doesn't produce, then it's going to be bad. So. Damn, dude. That's, I don't know, man. I, I would have to kind of disagree there. I don't think Bill... It's on the hot seat, man. Yeah, I know. I understand his. How many years of mediocrity are you gonna gonna get? Him? I mean, that's a thing. I I understand. Look, he hasn't performed in the draft, right? We can all agree there. But you're gonna put Bill on the hot seat if he sucks. After... Yeah. Listen, if he doesn't get above seven wins this year, because you'd be seven and ten instead of seven and nine. Seven and ten screams even worse. You know, that's like LeBron's play uh, championship record right there, or something like that. You know, uh, like um, all, all the years. So you're gonna forget all the years, all the twenty plus see all the twenty plus years, W after W, and then two bad years. Well, okay, one bad year, hopefully not a second bad year. But let's say for you know, for the sake of the conversation, uh, he has another bad season this year. You're gonna put Bill fucking Belichick on the hot seat. Did you really believe we were going to win the Super Bowl against the Rams? Or even get to the Super Bowl against the Rams? Of course not. I didn't even think we were going to make it to the Super Bowl that year in general. So if you take that out and you say, okay, we didn't make it to the Super Bowl then. We won the Super Bowl prior. That would probably be the last time realistically putting it into context that we would win. You got, what, five years in be- or four years in between not winning a Super Bowl? Uh, oh, and then and then this year, yeah. if you don't win, it would be four years in between where you don't win the Super Bowl. If you don't make the playoffs twice, you're really looking at it like, oh, we're going down rather than going up. And you had the best QB of all time to help you through the 2018-2019 season. What does that tell you? It tells you that he's either not staying ahead of the times, he's not drafting well, QB kind of overshadowed the uh, inaccuracies in the draft and we're sitting where we are because either he doesn't want to change or he needed even better players than what he thought around him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't see Bill on the Hansi, man. It's just so hard for me to picture that because the yeah. guy has done so much, has legit changed this organization before he was the head coach to now. And just picture 20 years later after all the great, amazing work he's done to have one bad season. And, you know, for the sake of the conversation, if he has another bad season, you're going to put him on the hot seat, like after all the work. And I, and I get where I, I, I get where folk, I know where you're coming from, folk. I understand. But like, Bill, you're going to, you're going to put him out. You're going to cook him out of Gillette. Be like, hey, man, thanks for all the work you've done and be on his lolly dolly day. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It just—it's really hard for me. What to has kept Bill that. Belichick here this whole time? Um, I want to say is like, well, his time here and his like family's here because now he's kind of like integrated nope, his family. Not into what the... I mean. What has kept Robert Kraft from getting rid of Bill Belichick? Wins. Winning. Wins. Yeah. If you're not winning, yep. Why would you keep him here? <clears throat> Fair. Yeah. 
You know what's crazy yeah, I, too? I'm just I'm just asking the question. If if you have a coach and you know he had seven and nine last year, and now next year, what if he goes six and eleven? Five and twelve. Are are you still gonna keep the coach around? What, because he won you Super Bowls five, six years ago? Great. Listen, yeah. Why don't why doesn't Robert Kraft do the ultimate Bill Belichick move and say, Hey, you're either gonna yeah. retire or we're gonna get rid of you? Yep. Mm. Yep. That's a hard hitting question right there. Uh, it's, or, it's sorry, just, statement. It's hard to see it. It's hard to imagine it because he's done amazing things in his career here. But it's it's the reality of the facts. I you Final know, I'm point. just I'm just asking the question. No, yeah. I, I, I get it. You know, at the end of the day, you guys are right. You know, the the NFL is a business, right? Like nothing, you know, I remember was it a couple of years ago. Uh, Matthew Slater said a bit himself, like you, these lockers, we're renting them, right? I think he said something like that. Like we don't own these lockers, you know, we're renting these lockers. This is not a spot that you're you're gonna keep because you don't know, right? You don't know when the landlord pulls up and like, hey, we're terminating your lease early, and because it's true, right? It's a business at the end of the day, you know, you got to win to keep the lights on, and if it's not, if that's not the situation, then hey. We'll find another guy cheaper. He can put in more work and possibly get better results. Maybe. It's just Adam for Gase. me. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> no. Adam Gase was like legit high during his press call. First of all, what, <laughs> I don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but he's a terrible coach. But for me personally, it would be very difficult to see him out the door. But I do agree with you, gentlemen, that if he can't produce, he's going to have to go. So, um, Falk, anything else you want to add before we switch gears or anything else you guys want to add? No. All right. Perfect. So, next thing we're going to go over is – give me a second here. Um, The Sam Darnold trade. Um, So, this was just just in uh, yesterday. So, the Jets traded Sam Darnold to – the freaking Panthers. Uh, to be honest with you, this trade um, was kind of shocking, kind of not, uh, to be honest with you, because um, it definitely changes the landscape in our division. Uh, but, yeah, the Jets traded uh, Sam Darnold to the Panthers for three draft picks. Um, so now it leaves the door wide open for the Jets. So the Jets uh, – give me a second here. They are – oh, so they're number two on the list. So right after Jacksonville is the Jets. So now that they traded their QB, you know, they're going to go for a QB. They're going to go for another QB. Now, how do you think um, – Falk, I'm going to let you take the lead here. How do you think this trade affects us? What do you think the Jets are going to do? And to be honest, do you really think it's going to affect anything in general because the Jets are still the Jets? So I think – I think the Jets are still the Jets. They have good receivers. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I think, they, yeah, I think right. they have good receivers. You know, their running back is 50 years old. They don't have a tight end. Their offensive line is suspect. Um, so, I mean, how effective is Zach Wilson going to be in his rookie year? Could and, they be better in the future? Sure. And they traded uh, away their best defensive player. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they don't, their defense isn't great. Their offense isn't great. So, I don't think the Jets are going to be great. However, <laughs> it affects the Patriots a lot more than you would think because it affects how much that they might potentially have to trade up. Because in a lot of the mock drafts, it had the Panthers taking quarterback. Um, but now that they have Sam Darnold, and it's clear that they're high on Sam Darnold if they're looking to trade Teddy Bridgewater right after they acquire the guy, you know, that's one less team that you have to worry about drafting maybe the quarterback that you want. So, I mean, now let's look back at the draft order. The Falcons are open to trading back which means that they're not necessarily locked in on drafting a quarterback. So besides the top three, you have Atlanta at four, so maybe they don't take a quarterback. Cincinnati at five, they're not going to take a quarterback. Who's at six? I don't know. I don't have them taking a quarterback. Uh, I have the Lions at seven possibly taking a quarterback. Miami's at six. So Miami's not going to take a quarterback probably. Um, Detroit at seven, they're probably not going to take a quarterback. They have Jared Goff. Maybe they'll wait a year to see what that looks like. Um, right. Panthers, Panthers at eight, which they just got. Darnold. They just got. And then so the only other team after them that I would potentially look at drafting quarterback could maybe be Denver, yep. depending on how they're currently feeling with Drew Locke. Um, so that, you know, there's a couple things that you have to think about there, but with the Panthers trade – trading for uh, Darnold, that might potentially open things up for you a lot to get one of the guys you like later. Uh, mm-hmm. But as far as it having a direct impact within our division, Zach Wilson will be good in three years. So you got three years to maybe figure out a quarterback. But is he going to be good enough to beat Buffalo? Probably not. Is he going to be good enough to beat Miami? Maybe not. Is he good enough to beat you guys? Maybe. Cam Newton's your quarterback, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, that's a good But that point. makes I it think... even more important to be aggressive this offseason and go get the quarterback that you want. Are you going to be the only team in the AFC East to not have a quarterback in two years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Miami has Tua, Josh Allen will still be in Buffalo, and Zach Wilson playing for the Jets, who's going to be your quarterback? Are you going to rely on Stidham in two years? Are you going to be grabbing the next Andy Dalton or somebody in free agency and just deal with mediocrity? No, dude, go get your guy. Yeah, couldn't couldn't say it better myself. That's a good point. Junk, what do you uh, have to add to that? Yeah, uh, so outside of the top three, uh, I think you're not going to see anything with the Falcons trading their pick until probably draft day. I I think – they're going to have a lot of uh, interest from it, but I don't think that they're going to see an actual trade or we're not going to see an actual trade until draft day. I'm pretty firm on that. The, But the landscape after the top three is pretty meek. We, we, you don't have anyone out there looking QB hungry, which really means if we're really trying to take a, the fourth QB of the draft, we're actually sitting in probably the best spot because there's likelihood of nobody sitting there getting the fourth QB. I think that we're just sitting in the right spot. It, it's not the best spot because we're going to have to wait so long on draft day, and those picks are like 10 minutes long, which is phenomenal. Um, 
But I just don't think that we're really going to make a trade up, even though it would be sexy, and I wish I really would see it. Uh, but we also don't need to fear if we are getting a QB in the first round. Yeah. Falk, I'm going to go to you here with this question. So, right with the draft order, Jacksonville, which we can all agree here, uh, they're taking Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. And obviously the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. And then from the reports that we've been seeing recently, sounds for some godforsaken reason, Mac Jones will be a 49er, which I don't see it, but you guys, I don't know. All right. So now it leaves you with Justin Fields and Trey Lance, right? So like you said earlier, Cincinnati already has Joe. Miami has uh, Tua. Detroit has Jared. Carolina has – they just traded for Sam Darnold yesterday. If I'm the Denver Broncos at nine, do you stay at nine and take Justin? That means is if they take Justin, is Trey Lance going to be there at 15, right? Because if you go after nine, you have the Dallas Cowboys no. who just resigned Dak, right? But he's still in limbo. Oh, actually, never mind, because he resigned. He'll be back this year. But they have Eagles and the Chargers in Minnesota. So the Eagles are at 12, the Chargers at 13, and Vikings are at 14. Now, Chargers already have Herbert, so that's out of discussion. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, Jalen Hearns is the new guy now because he just traded Carson. Do you think the Eagles feel confident with Jalen Hearns, or do you think they're going to bring in another guy maybe possibly take Trey Lance there or, you know, they stick with a receiver because that team is in shambles as well. You think they stick with another go somebody else or draft another QB or you think Minnesota takes a QB at 14. So folk, let me get your thoughts there. And Justin Fields is gone. Let's just go one at a time. I think, first of all, I think Denver would take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Only because if you look at John Elway's draft history, he's always gone after the more tantalizing prospect with the big arm, which Trey Lance is. He has a bigger arm than Justin Fields does, and he's more gifted potentially athletically. Don't get don't like don't get it twisted. If Trey Lance can develop into his full potential and what people are seeing in him, he's Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um. um. A little wrinkle in there, actually. John John Elway, I think he moved up in management. He's like, or he gave up the general manager position. Did oh, did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know okay. who's running the show now, but. Interesting. Well, thank God, because he's been garbage. But anyway. But so anyway, so let's let's go move back towards your question. Philadelphia is not going to take a quarterback, because if they wanted a quarterback, they wouldn't have moved out of six to move back to, what is it, 11 or 12? They're at 12 now. No, they're probably going to take a skill position or defensive player at that spot. They have more holes to fill than quarterback. I think they're going to roll and see what a full season of Jalen Hurts looks like. Um, Minnesota's not going to go quarterback. They have a ton of holes on defense that they're going to need to fill. Um, And they're paying Kirk Cousins a whole lot of money to be the quarterback there. Fully guaranteed, um, right? Isn't it? Yeah, and you know yeah, he but, built a pretty good repertoire with you know he has a good repertoire with Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson had a pretty solid year with them last year. That's true. Uh, you still got Dalvin Cook. 
they need to either go O line or defense. So they're not going to trade. If anything, they'll trade back for more picks. Uh, but they're not going to take a quarterback. Um, so that was the Eagles. That was the Vikings. Who was the last team? No, the Vikings were at 14 and then we're at 15. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Eagles, it's, and so, yeah, so it's very, it's very possible that, you know, that a quarterback could slip to us to 15 just by default. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with what the um, – what's it called? With what the <sighs> Broncos do at nine. Um, if the Broncos take a quarterback, then that's probably all your best quarterbacks gone. Yeah. But if they don't, that's when it starts to get a little spicy. Because that means Trey Lance and or Justin Fields could be on the board. And is Bill Belichick willing – to sit there and wait and see if one of those guys falls into his lap at 15 or does he get aggressive and move up, you know, and if, if he makes it past nine to move up from 15 to say 10 or 11 or 12, the asking price isn't going to be nearly as high to move up only a couple of spots. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of where my thinking is. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of reports that um, that the Patriots might trade up to the 11th spot where the Giants are and take Justin. Because sounds like Justin has been obviously from his pro day. He's hot, man. He's a hot hand now. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not. And I, I agree with you. The Eagles are probably going to ride with Jalen, um, but you never know, man. Now, because after Jalen is who else? Some QBs. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I don't think they'll draft a QB, but, you know, they're they're definitely going to entertain the idea. I don't think – I don't see – I don't see why. You know, Junker, was there anything that you wanted to add? Uh, yeah. Have you guys heard the criticism over um, Justin Fields' like work ethic and all that stuff lately? I heard about that. I, I did hear that, true. but then Ryan Day came out the next day or two yeah. and yeah. completely dismissed it. So, Who brought that rumor up, by the way? Uh, 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 who was it? Dan Orlovsky, I believe. Uh, oh my you god! Yeah, mentioned wow. it. Um, it it turned really bad. It turned yeah, because really Dan Orlovsky was such a great quarterback. Well, not even that. It, it turned so bad. He, to he the really point that it like like he was getting comments about that in like posts or something like that, or on the Twitter or uh, YouTube, whatever it was. Saying that, oh, he's just saying that because he's a racist and blah blah blah, and then he was oh. kissing his ass, kissing wow. um, um, Justin Fields' ass afterwards. Bad, yeah. Because Dan Orlovsky had quick. such a solid career, he definitely knows what it takes to be a successful hey, uh, NFL trust quarterback him as a NFL analyst or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's probably one I'm of pretty the sure he ones that was still willing to do it from a quarterback <laughs> position. They finally got sure. Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Dude, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he on that zero and sixteen team in Detroit Lions? I'm pretty sure, right? So he's yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the uh, the backup quarterback for that team. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 sorry to cut you off, Junk, but yeah, I, <laughs> I highly doubt uh, Justin Fields' worth ethic should be questioned. I think the dude freaking balled out in his pro day. You know, a couple of days later, you're gonna be like, oh, he's not a first. 
uh, first guy there, last guy lead type of guy. Get the, get that horse shit out of here, dude. You don't have to be that type of player to be good at the league or just in general, right? You know, like, uh, I don't know. I'll let you continue, but I think, uh, yeah, it's just stupid. By the way, John Kittner was the QB of that Lions team. By the way. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know you know you're bad if you're the backup to John freaking Kittner. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez, dude. Uh, right. Did they pick Cam Newton after that, or was that in the later draft? Was that 2010? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure Cam got drafted in 2011. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, so that's the 2010 draft. You know, I got a comparison for Jones – and I, I think it really ruins it. He reminds me of AJ McCarron. I think Matt Jones is better than AJ McCarron. Well, so didn't AJ McCarron have the good talent around him too? And they went and did. Uh, didn't he win something? He I don't won know. Won a national was, championship. Yeah, he won exactly. that too. And then he came to the league, and it was like just straight dumpster fire, garbage. Couldn't get on the field. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he got drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was uh, Andy Dalton's QB, backup QB for a grip. Uh, and then he ended up being a Raider a little bit, and I don't know what he's doing now, but I do agree with you. He, he is hot trash. You know what the thing is with with that, though, is Agent McCarron had potential coming up, but he got buried behind Andy Dalton, who they were, weren't going to get rid of until it was too late. And they never let Adrian McCarron develop. So he might have been somebody who could have been good, but just never really got the chance until it was too late. I'm trying mm-hmm. to look up who uh, who his receivers were. When did he get drafted? Yeah. Anybody know? Was it 2012? Uh, I, I want to say 2014. 2014 or 2013. Uh, give me a second. Uh, while you... Pull that up, Junk. I want to kind of give you... I'm pretty sure one of his receivers was Julio Jones. Yes, I do agree with that. Uh, While Falk is pulling that up, Junk, same question I want to ask you too, Falk, earlier. Um, You know, if Justin Fields, you know, for just the sake of the conversation, is gone at nine to Denver, do you think we stay at 15 and take Trey due to the other teams in this situation? Or do you think we just move up and just pull the trigger and trade with a team to move up to the draft and get Justin? Or either I mean, one. I, I, is Are those my only two options? Because I think we're taking defense at 15. Oh, you think we're, you think we're taking a defensive player at 15? No. Either a lineman or a linebacker, yeah. So you're saying we're not going to go for a QB or, at all? Or Sertan at 15, too, if he drops that far or if he's at that spot. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty adamant that that's probably what's going to happen. And to be honest, if it's the old Bill Belichick way, it might be the best pick for us to get defense because he's so well at looking at talent on the defensive side rather than the offensive side. Uh, if I had to choose between Trey Lance or Justin Fields, uh, I haven't seen much of either of them. I did like both of their pro days. Um, I just think, Justin Fields, he just seems to ball out harder, I guess. Uh, you, you're you're probably asking someone who's just trying to pick a needle out of the haystack, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think um, – give me a second. I'm just pulling up AJ McCarron's stats. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, 2014 draft. Um, yeah, dude, I, I think I, I agree with Falk that Denver is the only team that I'm still hesitant on in this draft just because, you know, with their situation they've had since ever since Payne Manning's left. Uh, Denver hasn't been in the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl back in 2015. So they're about six years in trash mode. Um, and we'll see what happens. So they're the only team that I, I, I am a little bit nervous of because don't get me wrong. Let's say for the sake of the conversation, they do take Justin. I think we can get, I think we can stay at 15 and still take Trey as much as I still want Justin. I don't, cause like folk did a really good job earlier. I just don't think that the other teams before us are going to go QB. Minnesota still hesitate me a little bit just because I know they have Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins hasn't been amazing. He's been okay, right? He's been above average player. He reminds me a lot of Jimmy G and Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford in a way. They're all kind of the same, like B minus C plus QB. Uh, you know, they're not going to – they're going to win you the game, but it's not going to be pretty all the time. But they'll get the job done. Um, but I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins is – going into his last year of his contract or has one more year. Um, and you have to, re- you have to go back, you know, when Minnesota almost went to the Super Bowl back in 2017 with uh, God, what was his name? I forgot with a backup QB. And they're like, Oh, Minnesota's the hot team right now. All they need oh, is a QB. Case to com- yes. They- thank you. Right, they 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 got the the miracle in um the uh in Minnesota, yep. and they're like, and then they lost to the playoff game to uh, Eagles next week for the NFC Championship game. And everybody was like, "Yo, Minnesota, man, watch out for them." They own the only thing they're missing is a QB, and they go off for Kirk Cousins, and like, oh, okay, Kirk Cousins is gonna get them over the hump. It's been three or four years now. They've only been to one playoff, and they lost, and they won the game. I'm pretty sure. They won the game against the Saints, but then they lost the week after. Yep. So and they threw what almost a hundred million. So you threw over over a hundred million for Kirk Cousins for four years, and if you only have one playoff appearance to prove that, to show for that, that's kind of fucking garbage, right? So Kirk Cousins, give me a second here. Three year, eighty four million, I think it. Yeah, is. fully guaranteed. And then he signed he's, an extension, I think, two years, sixty-six million. Okay, so he's going to be there for a little bit, but like thirty-two years old, you think they draft a QB? Kind of like the same situation with uh, Jimmy G and the Niners. Yeah, Jimmy G and the Niners, or uh, Packers with Aaron Rodgers. You know, they did that last year. Nobody thought they were going to draft Jordan Love first round last year, and then they did, and they did. You know, so like I, Packers I just have been like... drafting quarterbacks for a few years, though. Remember, they drafted Brett Hundley, I think, in like the third or fourth round out of UCLA, too. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I don't even know where he is he now. I don't even know if he's still in the league. He might not be. I don't think he ever amounted to much. He's been there for a few years. If he's still there, yeah. So I don't know the the Minnesota Minnesota is still a team that I don't think they will go QB, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull something like that. Um, but switching gears here, um, let's go over the Falcon situation. So Falk kind of went over a little bit earlier, uh, but the Atlanta Falcons, they're opening their, their, so quote unquote, are open to moving out of the number fourth pick 
in the draft later this month. Uh, recently, they've been getting a lot of calls from a lot of teams. Like, hey, what do you want? What do you uh, what do you want for that fourth round pick? Uh, fourth overall pick. So um, there's been a lot of speculation um, to see what they're going to do if they stay there or not. Uh, apparently, you know, Atlanta might even stay and take even Trey at four, which would be pretty insane. Because um, obviously they need a QB, which we because re- obviously nobody knows how many years Matt Ryan's got left. Because uh, this is already at the back nine. So, Falk, I'm gonna let you start here. Do you think it should be a smart move for the Falcons to trade out and let somebody move in, or do you think it's a dumb move uh, on their part? Uh, if I am Atlanta, I'd probably trade back. Try and get another first later in the round, and then maybe like another second or third, um, and then picks in the future. Just try to solidify your future a little bit. You know, the their team. I know they have the fourth overall pick, but with the way that their offense is kind of built, they're kind of built to win now. Um, You'd think so. Well, look at first of all, they have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's probably got two decent years left on him. Um, their offensive line is okay. Is Gurley their running back? Yeah, no, I think he. I think he's a free agent now, actually. Um, but then you got studs on the outside, and Julio, who's probably only got a few more good years left in him before he starts to decline. But then you got Calvin Ridley, who's probably coming into his prime. Um, your defense is spotty, and there. And there's some solid defensive players that you can take back in the middle to the late of the round. I mean, they could go Gregory Rousseau out of Miami to get a solid D lineman. They could get Micah Parsons, Penn State. They could go corner and get J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. Like, there's a bunch of guys that they could get that they don't necessarily need to draft it for. They could move back and get along with other picks. Um, so there's, there's a couple different ways that they would go. Or they could try to get the quarterback of the future and have him sit there for a few years. And if that's their plan, they should probably get Trey Lance, somebody who is probably going to be more of a project anyway. And Matt Ryan wouldn't be a bad mentor to have. He's been in the league for a while. He's had success, made it to a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl, but he made it to a Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, So it, it wouldn't be an awful thing if they took a quarterback, but... If I was the GM, I would try to grab more picks as possible. Yeah, so that's a really good point there. Uh, Matt Ryan will be turning 36 in May. Um, so the you know, father time is ticking heavily on him. So I don't hate the idea. But then if – you know, before I th- throw this question out, uh, Junk, I want to I let you throw your two sets in there. What, what do you think? What do you think Atlanta should do? Uh so I think if you're really trying to go up that high in the draft, you either have to be really, really high on, and I'm talking about like a, to, a team outside like the top six trying to trade up into that fourth spot. You really need to be extremely high on someone, which is most likely going to be a quarterback selected, kind of like what we're looking at, or you got to uh, just be really high on, you know, a wide receiver for some reason. And I, I, I don't see any of the teams doing it. I think we are probably one of the only few teams that would actually be considered 
uh, trading up there. But I think you run into kind of Bill Belichick's, I don't want to say ego, but sometimes it's smart. Realistically, for us to go from 15 to 4, 11 picks, especially being that high up there, you have to give up a first this year, which is obvious. You give up a first next year and maybe even a second round either this year or next year. That's how much you have to give up just to get up to that spot. And that's those picks, even though they haven't been as phenomenal for us lately, I still value those picks over just getting one pick, even though it's probably a QB of the future. Uh, that's just kind of how I look at it. I don't see anyone outside of us, maybe the Broncos, if they really want to solidify the fact that the Lions aren't going to get someone and they want to trade up just to get, you know, whoever they want at there. Uh, that's the only team I kind of see outside of it. I don't see anyone else really grabbing that spot outside of us, and I don't think we're going to trade up to that. Yeah. I don't so think we're going think... to trade up either, but I really want them to. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let, just to keep on the topic here, uh, stay on the topic, sorry. If Let's say if number one, Trevor, two, Zach, Three, Mac Jones. Four, Trey Lance. Right? Let's say Falcons take Trey Lance. Now you have Justin Fields. At that point, if that happens, you think Bill is picking up the phone and making calls to make trades to uh, who's number five? Number five um, is Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You think they're? You think uh, Bill's making a call to uh, Cincinnati? Like, hey, uh, what can Cincinnati you can kind of be in the – Cincinnati's in the same boat, in my opinion, as Atlanta, but for different reasons. They are not a win now team, Cincinnati. Right. They, they have, yeah. you know, they have decent playmakers, but they're not necessarily in their prime yet. Like Joe Mixon could be a really good running back for them. Um, you know, then you have T. Higgins, who they just drafted out of Clemson. Tyler Boyd is coming into his own. Um, I don't know what they have at tight end. Uh, but I know they need defense, and I know they need offensive line. Um, if I was Cincinnati, I would be calling the Patriots. Be like, hey, we know you want a quarterback. We know that's the one position that you really need right now besides wide receiver. You know, what, make us an offer and just see what they would say. I, I yeah, Some of these teams should be looking to move back because their needs aren't going to be filled at four, five, six. Just not going to happen. Where the Patriots have done everything else, they've gotten every other position. I don't want to say taken care of, but you know they they've yeah. addressed almost yeah. every position. They just need the quarterback. No, that's that's completely valid. Um, you know, I think if that's the situation, right? If that's a, if that's the call, and Cincinnati gives us a call. What do you think, Junk? I'm going to ask you this question here because uh, you kind of already said it earlier. What do you think Cincinnati's going to ask from us if we want to take the number five spot? A couple uh, of ones, maybe yeah. a third rounder. So that kind of – it's not as high value probably being the fifth pick, but I think if we were had to trade up there, they might increase the value because we want to trade up there so bad. So I would still imagine it's still somewhere around two first and a second or two first and a third. I think it would still be around there uh, just because they're going to raise the value on us knowing that we need that pick. Uh, 
or else we're probably going to either trade back or we're not going to get the guy we want at or QB that we want, and we'll probably settle for defense. Something around those lines. Mm-hmm. But you said this earlier. You said uh, that if we stay at 15, you don't think we're going to draft a QB? You think we're going to go defense? Why is that? Uh, history. Um, I, I really think it would be the ultimate tease. So you don't think we're going to draft a QB at all? This I've year? been pretty firm and adamant not... this whole entire time about this, yeah. Damn. That's a killer quarterback. Okay. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. I'll put money right, on I didn't it. Think... How much money? Oh. <laughs> what, are we, uh, what are we throwing out out here, eh? What are you trying to get into? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll be like the Bengals. You bid me an offer. Ooh. Tell you what. I if, like this one. If they draft a quarterback at any point in the first round, How you have to buy right? me and Eric a T-shirt. Not a jersey, but like a T-shirt of that player. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. I'll take it. And okay. if they trade out or they don't draft the quarterback, they draft another, I will do the same of that player. Okay. What if they, well, what if they trade out? You're not getting us a, a jersey of that player. 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right i'm down that sounds good that sounds right. good hey, well, metaphorically hey. shake on it i was gonna say it's a, it's a verbal contract right here let's do it all right, all right get your all right. uh 20 bucks is 20 bucks you know what i mean um perfect all right nice i definitely like that uh good topic there um but yeah, that's it from uh, NFL news right there. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to co- cover before we go into a little bit of Celtics, Bruins, and Red Sox. Um, anything else you guys want to go over? Nope. I'm good. All right. Um, yeah, Falk, I'm going to let you start here because you kind of brought it up uh, before or uh, during the pre-pod. Um, you know, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins are all playing right now. Um, and I know you're a huge Bruins guy. So uh, how about you give a little bit of update status on the Bruins and uh, how are they doing? So the Bruins are really tough to watch because they can be so good. But it seems like night in and night out, they just underperform. And you know they have the pieces. You know, they have their perfection line. They have Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. They have Krejci. Um, DeBrusque has been in and out of the lineup because of COVID or injuries. Um, it just seems like they're constantly shuffling lines, and sometimes it's tough to get into a rhythm from their point. And then, you know, you have Tuka's hurt. Halak just went on COVID protocol. Um, still haven't seen Andre Kasha, the worst trade in the last 20 Almost. years. Um it's it's kind of been a little disheartening, especially with how hot they started. You know, they started mm-hmm. like twelve three and two. They were looking like they were going to go right back into the playoffs, and then they just fell off a cliff. The scoring stopped. Secondary scoring remained non-existent. Their defense got hurt. Charlie McAvoy got hurt last night. Brandon Carlos got hurt. You know, they're, they're missing probably five of their top ten guys on the roster right now. You know, if you take the perfection line out, they don't have Tuca. They don't have Charlie McAvoy tonight. 
They don't have Brandon Carlo, who has pretty much replaced Chara on the penalty kill in a lot of and has assumed a lot of the um, primary like shutdown defenseman responsibilities. Andre Kasha, we traded a prospect and a first round pick for, and we haven't even gotten twenty games out of the guy in the last two years. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's been kind of disheartening to watch, um, you know, and then. They'll lose two or three games, and then they'll have a game where they, you know, like the other night where they beat the Penguins five to seven, and it seemed like they were scoring at will. And they're like, "All right, maybe that's it." And then there they go again, just not putting up any goals, and it just hasn't looked great. Yeah, what do you think um, is the biggest opportunity of them to kind of, you know, keep their head above water and try to get consistent? Because uh, you know, obviously, I believe playoffs are coming up soon unless I'm wrong there you can correct me on that but what do you think the Bruins have to do to you know fix this ship a little bit well I think the main thing is getting healthy um if you can get Tuka back and Halak back um that would solidify the goaltending although Dan Vladar has not played badly in the couple games that I've seen him play he's been pretty solid um you know and then you you I think it's just getting level in all three positions because your defense, you you know, Kevin Miller's been out half the season. He just came back tonight. Uh, Brandon Carlos missed a bunch of times between he had a concussion and then he just got an upper body injury. Charlie McAvoy's out tonight with an upper body injury. You know, Jeremy Lozon broke his hand. Zaboral had a lower body injury. Grizzlick's been out. So it's just been one after another. I think all of our starting six defensemen on opening night have missed time this year. Uh, and then you look at the forwards. Like I said, DeBrusque has been in and out. Um, still haven't seen Andre Kasha. Um, and then they've just kind of shuffled around the third and fourth lines. So they need to get a little bit of consistency. Um, but also I think they need to trade for a top six wing and preferably one who doesn't have an injury history and is on the ice a lot. I know they've talked to New Jersey about a possible Kyle Palmieri trade, who is an absolute Bruin killer, by the way. He always scores on the Bruins. Um, you know, I think they just need to do something to bring in some goal scoring help, and they need to get healthy. Those are the two biggest things. Because the team definitely still has skill. I'm not saying they're not a talented team, but it's tough watching sometimes. Okay. No, I like that. Junker, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, they got to just hit a stride, uh, hit a stride here. Um, and I think that starts with just scoring, putting the puck in the back of the net. I think you're not you, – you might get that from your first line, although it's been spotty here and there. But after that, it's really been nothing. And I think that's what's going to make the difference, especially if you want to make a playoff run and a deep playoff run. You need the, the goals from the, the second, third, even fourth line. Um, that's what helped us get over to uh, the the Stanley Cup two years ago. And then we saw no scoring from that team, and that's what ultimately led to St. Louis winning. And I think it's a story that, you know, I think we just keep seeing and we're not addressing, we're not able to address, and we're not able to get around. Uh, and I think that's what's really killing us right now, on top of all the injuries, like Falk said. Everything else, Falk, is pretty spot on. Gotcha. Okay. I like it. Nice, nice. There you go. Well, uh, hopefully the Bruins can turn it around. Uh, I think, to be honest with, obviously the Patriots are not playing right now because it's offseason, but out of the three sports going on right now, uh, hockey, baseball, 
um, and basketball. I think the Bruins are the only, you know, sports team I kind of want to watch right now. Um, Cause obviously the Red Sox uh, just started their season last week, but they're one and three um, junk. Is there anything you want to talk about the Red Sox? Or are you kind of just like, blah, whatever, um, you know, move on. Cause I feel like, you know, baseball is just not a really uh, hot topic. I just don't think it's, you know, sexy enough for people to listen. But, you know, I'll let you take the floor anything they want to bring about the Red Sox. I bet those uh, bet those ticket sales went down, so I'm sure we'll be going shortly. Um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, they get pounded the first opening weekend, three-game stretch, and just absolutely swept. Just nothing good. The rotation, I think one of those starting pictures, he got pounded with like six runs in the first two innings and he's, he came out of the interview saying like, yeah, I felt like my stuff was good. You got six <laughs> runs scored in like two innings, dude. What the hell are we talking about? Um, so, I, you know, I just, I, I'm really nervous about the mentality of the team, really nervous about maybe there just wasn't chemistry or enough chemistry gain down in Florida when they were playing. It just, it's not looking good right now and I still don't think yesterday's big win is a really uh, something that will turn around for us. Yeah, I think uh, Cora needs to kind of grab the boys by the balls and twist, man. Like, uh, it's like I, I understand we're still early in the season. Uh, but, you know, to start 0-3, and I, I, I saw something the other day that it's the first time in, like, Red Sox history they started 0-3 at home uh, at Fenway Park or something like that. If I if I'm mistaken on that, please you know correct me on that. But I I saw something from Bleacher Report. You know it's the first time that Red Sox started 0 and 3 at home this early season, like in forever their history of the franchise, which is kind of sad to say. Granted, it's a little bit different this year with COVID and things like that. So, um, but we'll see. You know, baseball is a long season. Those guys got 162 games left, or 158 technically, or whatever it is um, um, to go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, sorry. Also, I forgot to mention. Uh, so they're looking at Rafael Devers. He just doesn't seem to be motivated over at third base right now, whether it, uh, defensively, whether it be, uh, you know, lack of training. You know, there was speculation last year, I believe, they came in overweight, you know, whatever is going on. They're not liking it. And they're they're considering either positional swaps or something to go on just to kind of maybe it's a disciplinary thing or maybe it's a full time shift that's going to happen uh but they're 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 already considering moving around players which shows that Alex Cora hopefully is going to be you know more on top of this and you know get the best out of the team right out of the gates mm-hmm. okay and then have we'll you guys see. seen the new unis that they dropped gross uh yes <sighs> dude I don't think they're that bad I, I, I think, think they're pretty gross, gross. I like it. Oh my! I don't think that. I don't think I that's that like, bad. It's, I like. I understand the color scheme. I understand it's, you know, Boston strong. I just don't like the colors. The Red Listen, Sox wearing yellow and blue. They wear green. Green monster. Have they worn green? Yeah. Yeah, they were on what St. Patrick's Day in uh, spring training, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't think I hated it. I thought it was a cool change, but yeah, no. from from what from what you guys said before no. we started the podcast, and I when I asked everybody at work, they're like, "Yeah, it's garbage. Just stick to the tradition." I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm Damn. down for it. I like it." I, 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 
Well, I don't think they'll sell the jerseys. I think it's just a one-time thing, and then you know, for charity purposes, they'll sell them off. But I don't think they're actually going to consumer hands. I doubt it. Hopefully not. Um, if you don't win, <laughs> it looks really bad. But you know, fair. Um, the only true. other news I got for it is our uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, he's prospected or uh, projected to be like our number one, number two. He makes a season debut over uh, against the Orioles on Thursday. So uh, possible upside to the starting pitching staff, which is atrocious right now. But uh, that's the only other tidbit of information I have on them. Great. Good. Good insight there. Uh, y'all want to talk about the Celtics? Because the Celtics are kind of getting back kind of-ish. Beating Houston is an accomplishment. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what I figured. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I think they're turning the corner a little bit ever since they started, like, starting Rob William, which is weird because I'm pretty sure I called for that when the season <laughs> first freaking started. Um, you know, his last game, he put up 20 points. He was, like, 8 for 9 shooting. He had 9 rebounds and 8 assists. And he's a defensive anchor. Like, what were you waiting for? And we've talked about this before. They wanted to start Tice so much. Tice is a good backup. It's it, it was just frustrating. Um, yeah, they're losing tonight. It's but they're they're missing like half their team tonight. So and they're going up against Joel Embiid, who kills us. So, oh uh, yeah. Um, but I mean. You know, they get Romeo Langford back, maybe, and they got Evan Fournier, so maybe that's some scoring off the bench to help relieve um, Tatum and Brown. Um, and then I think Tristan Thompson comes back shortly, too, and he's been out because of uh, COVID. I was going to say both Evan Fournier and Tristan Thompson are out with uh, COVID protocols right now, which yeah, yeah. that I know, doesn't uh, honestly shock me. I know Taco's going up against – Embiid right now, so oh, can't God. wait to see how that goes. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah. But I think they're turning the corner. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll see when the, they're in the seventh or eighth seed right now. Um, so, they're right now, they right are now. in I think they're seventh. Like a yeah. half a game ahead of uh, the Knicks. Okay. Yeah. So, they're in that they're in that bubble tournament. Um you know, situation. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully they, Brad can get these guys turned around before the playoffs start because they have changed the layout this year. So they wouldn't even be guaranteed a playoff spot. They would have to play the seven, the eight seed or whatever. They would have the play in tournament. Uh, yep. Yeah. And uh, they need to move know, up at least yeah. one more spot. They need to move up to sixth for that to be a uh, guaranteed spot. Is it a, is it a one game uh, tournament? Like kind of like an NCAA bracket style, like, or is it going to be? Like, um, I think it if like... I think if you are the seven or eight seed and you win, you're in. If you yeah. are the seven eight seed and you lose, then you have to play the winner of the nine ten, and whoever wins that game is in the playoffs. But is it a one game or is it going to be a series? I'm assuming it would be, tournament style so it would be one game. It would be one game, and then it would go to, you know, the best of seven. Um, mm. It's a one game if you win, if you're the seven or eight. It's a two game if you're the nine or ten. You have to win two games. Oh, interesting. 
Interesting. Okay. Or if you're the seven or eight and you lose, you can still make it by beating the nine or ten. Okay. I actually don't hate that. NBA spicing things up a little. Trying bit. something different. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, gentlemen. Well, that concludes the uh, episode. Uh, appreciate your time. Um, you guys, want to cover anything else, or we're good to go? I'm good. No, it's solid. Um, right. Be sure nope. to uh, see our Instagram page, uh, Cover Three Podcast. Um, post things relatively, you know, it's lately it's been weekly because we haven't had much to talk about or post about, but, you know, we post things daily, big news happening, anything like that. Give your comments, give your feedback, give us a follow. Uh, everything's accepted. Yeah, great. You know, and, and uh, throw some topics too. That'd be cool to get, like, you know, certain things you want us to uh, discuss about and uh, we can uh, deliberate here. So 